We are Los Bandidos. All right, ready? We welcome right. you to our set. I like turtles. Hello, comrades. Welcome to the 551 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I'm joined by Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, and Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Hello, comrades. Uh, I What's hope up? you're all, Howdy. all doing amazingly. Rodrigo is the only one doing uh, um, weird filters on his uh, Zoom screen now. Yeah, that's right. We are back to the Zoom, mostly because uh, we had to move this to Wednesday, and there's comedy going on in the back room of the bar right now. They're making jokes and making people laugh, and probably Fancy Ray is going to show up out of nowhere and just be like, I'm going to tell jokes and everyone will be like, well, it's fancy Ray. So we got to let him tell some jokes and he's very funny. So, um, there's that. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about that Megan Rapino mural. You guys, uh, you guys following, uh, my updates. Oh God. Uh It's so good. Got some Pino going up on the wall. I love the, um, I mean, I love it, but I, I feel like my guess when I saw the initial outline of a young buds Lagos was, could have been great too. Mm, Yeah. Yep, sorry. I, I, I loved the uh the Twitter call out, which was who is this? Wrong answers only, and somebody wrote Calvo. <laughs> hey man, there's a whole nother wall on the parking lot side. <laughs> we can have target him, practice. We can have him Who's holding a, his face. Is it, the, the artist is not local, right? Uh he lives here now. He's he's from Tucson originally. His name is Rock Martinez. Um Oh, okay. He's done some stuff in St. Paul. He did a um, a Prince mural that was up at the Walker. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic stuff, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, you know, you guys, if you're coming to the game on Saturday, you'll be able to come check it out or just like randomly drive past the bar and, and look at it in progress. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, in this podcast, we're also going to talk actually about soccer, about the playing of soccer. Um we delayed this podcast so we could talk after the San Jose game, and uh, boy, that was a, a good idea, I guess. And that was a mistake. I, I, I think the best tweet that I saw about the game was like, "This this this game could have been emailed to you. <laughs> we could have emailed <laughs> this, this, this game. Yeah, this game could have been an email. Um, all right, so let's start off. We've got a little bit of uh, the tapas news, the good, the bad, and the weird. A new hoppy, Matthew Hoppy, goes to Everton. Uh this is um, great for. I'll read your jokes here, Corey. Fine. Great for American soccer. Bad for Matthew Hoppy's trophy cabinet. Um, I mean, the man was playing at Verder, so um, I don't. I don't think that he was uh, going to get too many trophies. Um, no, I mean he's got. He's got a. He's got. He's got a gold cup. Yeah. Um, I, I. I don't. I'm still not fully convinced by Hoppy, but um, we'll, we'll see. I think that Everton is a pretty big move for him and i'm i think he's got a lot yet to prove but good for him i hope that he can prove prove it and i hope he can grow um you know spiritually and physically mentally (laughs) emotionally all the ways i hope that he grows and blossoms uh tottenham hotspur won the epl in the first week of the season so congratulations to me and my beautiful son hyun moon son Uh, Mm um and so 
Did I say his, I said his name wrong? Whatever. I'm not even gonna try. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. Sorry, Mark. Guess he's okay. not your son. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. The other big news: Allianz Field is going to host the last of the kind of four U.S. Women's uh, We Won Bronze Victory Campaign. Um, that's going to happen October 26th against South Korea. It'll be Carly Lloyd's last match with the national team. Um, we, I was uh, racing to have this mural up because I thought this game was going to be played in September. And, uh, you know, whatever, we'll have it up. The whole goal is I need Megan Rapino taking a picture next to Megan Rapino at the bar. That's that's all I, all I care about in life. Drinking, hopefully, a Rapino reverse perfect Manhattan. So... That would be um, that would be a hat trick, as they say. Yeah, let's hope she makes it to the fourth game. Oh, shut up! Shut, don't 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 use your your negativity here. I just want uh, a, a, you know, if I'm gonna have the picture of a senator, a future senator on on the side of my bar, um, I I, I want to get a picture with her. Um, bad is that Vancouver Whitecaps uh, put out kind of a statement that. Three of their academy players were assaulted, uh, you know, on Saturday night, and that the attack they believe is was racially motivated. Um, yeah, it's garbage. And um, yeah, I heard they were at a party. They were all attending a party in Vancouver, and then eventually, some stuff broke out outside, and it's very unfortunate. So, yeah. yeah, this stuff needs to stop. Like, it's seriously, like. We wish we could make it go away. Yeah. And it's hard to not throw platitudes at it like that, where it's just like, it's it's just hard to fathom and think through it. Um, the weird is that, um, I, actually, someone else read this, because I've never heard this story. Tell, tell me so, the story. So, yeah. So, um, uh, Atlanta United has hired uh, Gonzalo Panita as their new head coach, which is, you know, uh, news-ish. That's actually a very good move for them because they actually have someone that's familiar with MLS and will hopefully do much better than the last two coaches. But the big story is that uh, uh, when uh, he did his final interview with um, Arthur Blank, the owner of Atlanta United, he was flown from Seattle, I assume via helicopter, maybe a plane to somewhere. But anyways, he somehow was flown... Yeah, he was somehow flown off the coast of Alaska to meet with him in person on his yacht. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time an MLS coach has ever finalized a hire on a yacht off the coast of Alaska. I would just take a guess. Probably the first time that any mm. top-tier professional no, soccer no, no, coach no, has no, ever no, no. finalized oh, their... That, um, I can, I, look, I don't have... I don't have the facts in front of me, but I I would be blown away if this was the first time. But I mean, that's the, I mean, yeah, I, what I Doctor, that's how that's how Adrian Heath was hired. I mean, Doctor Bill took him out onto the Viking sex boat on yep. Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> yep. Um, it's great. And then it's dipped a, him in the waters. And it's a, it it's, was a, it. it's a great sex boat as far as sex boats go, though. I, I will say it's classy. Um, that's Alaska. A, that is a version. great story. The yeah. other the other great thing, the other weird is, um, this is a um. <laughs> a uh, there, there's a, uh, a, a a tweet that our friend Kurt 
who now works for FOTMOB in, uh, in Norway, he's from here, he tweeted that um, uh, about this kind of video of Erling Holland celebrating that, um, that he looked creepily like a FIFA trailer. And uh, the, the great thing is that Dortmund tweeted about it saying, this is a 4K camera shot, not a FIFA trailer, guys. Um, it's, which- it's, it's so like discomforting like just watching you're like is this it's like like with uh like all the european matches or or um la liga on espn where they're doing like the super high def cameras with like the shallow depth of field so everything's blurred in the background so it's just accentuating all of it so he already moves and lunges in a really weird way and it's just it looks exactly like a fifa trailer yeah um it's it's creepy. Um, and look, I've never seen him play in real life. Uh, have you seen him play in real life? Is no, he I don't think a FIFA trailer? Um, I I don't know. Um, Until I see it, it's it's not true. Yep. So that's the uh, that's the good, the bad, and the weird. Let's uh, take a break, and then we're going to talk about Minnesota United versus the Galaxy and San Jose. Back on the 55-1 podcast, um, let's do some watches because we've got out-of-contract striker watch. Um, if we're going to sign anyone, they have to be an out-of-contract player. So uh, anyone? Nope. Daniel, nope. Daniel Sturridge? On. Okay. Uh, we've got one Chope watch. Uh, one Chope uh, scored a bucket hat scorcher in the dying seconds of DC United versus the Revs um, just tonight. We're recording on Wednesday. Uh, it, was, it was a damn good goal. Um, I like that the, uh, the the commentators in the highlights were like, uh, he hadn't really done much yet, but hey, there's a goal. So, um, <laughs> And then uh, Chacon watch, free Chacon watch, um, Chaconistas Unidos. Um, he turns 21. When, when's his birthday? I think it was like a day or two ago. He turned 21. Would, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't have this in my calendar. I should We should have had a party. Well, I, I, I did I did uh, I did DM him on Instagram wishing him a happy birthday, but he didn't reply. Total jerk. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he did, he hasn't blocked me yet, so that's oh, great. Hey. One big piece of news, which we've we've talked about leading up to this a lot for Minnesota United, is Sherry Ballard was announced as the new CEO of Minnesota United. Um, she was previously a couple of years ago a. a an executive for Best Buy. Um, obviously, it's big news having a, a woman take over as the, the CEO of the club. There's only been two previous uh, examples, one current at DC United, who's the CEO. Um, and uh, it, I think it was a big surprise there. Um, I think that that was probably why Bill was very, very kind of in our interview and, and after kind of talking to me vaguely about how I, I will like it. I think that they went... Uh, "Quote unquote outside the box um, to to find someone." Um, what what do you guys make of this? Obviously, Sherry Ballard doesn't really have um, soccer experience, but um, you know that does not. Um, this role is not a sporting role; it is an organizational role. Um, so, what, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what she does. Um, as far the the thing that I've liked the most about um, after the announcement happened 
is that um, people that who I know who have worked at Best Buy, who have worked under her, have very positive things to say about her, which is good. So like at least if at least people like her, like people enjoy working with her and they, the, whatever the, um, you know, culture atmosphere of uh, the company that she, like is, when she's leading is, it seems positive. So I think hopefully I'm excited to see what she does. Like I don't want to be like cynical about it. I was like, yeah. Great. Setting positive culture is is not nothing, right? Having having a, a team that that um, you start to reshape some some attitudes and and having I, I don't I have no idea what kind of culture uh, Chris Wright has created, but I I don't think that that's nothing, Mark. Yeah. Um. I I mean I I do, I want to say I'm excited. I'm just um, in the sense I'm just I'm I'm happy that we have someone that isn't what we had before. Um. I, I want to know more of what, you know, her field of vision is and game plan is and all the other stuff before, like I do. Because in the in the interviews, there was a question that was asked in the aspect of, like, there is um, a community that will never be able to set foot in this in this stadium. Mm-hmm. What are you going to, what are your plans to, to address that? And gave a cookie cutter uh, executive... Yeah. answer right yeah. and so like that's the thing for me is like it's like you like i know you're you're fresh to the job you want you you get announced everyone's excited i'm i'm holding my excitement until i hear more about what like their long-term plans are or what else are they going to do what is it that they're going to do to make this much better experiment but it is super cool that mia ham tweets and congratulates minnesota united so like that because mia ham is one of my heroes so I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I think it's the same thing. It's like, it's great. It's signaling positive change, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have the same reservations about the community outreach stuff that Rodrigo has. Um, I think she's very green in terms of like the Minnesota United history and all of that stuff. All of that stuff will come. Um, I think she had her talk, her generic talking points for some of those questions and that's fine. Um, I'm glad that she has some like really deep corporate operational experience and hopefully that will yield some consistency in terms of messaging and branding and um, that kind of stuff from the organization because it still feels like it's a little loose and has kind of grown organically without any real structure and accountability. Um, I'm hoping that that changes under her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Same thing that Mark mentioned. I have some some friends who either know people who work at Best Buy and worked with her directly or have worked under her and um, positive things to say. You know, it's generally, it's a net positive thing and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and one thing too is like that's nice about like the whole like she doesn't have any sort of like soccer or sporting or you know major league anything experience as far as sports goes. But also, I mean, she was in charge of their legal department. And she's not a lawyer. Like it's yeah, if all, you're, all of those things. If, if you're able them, to do that, like I mean, I'm pretty sure you could probably run a business that's a sporting business as well and just be fine. So well, there are things, the ways that you can make up for those things, right? Expertise mm-hmm. is very good. Having a soccer person would be very good, right? But you, you know, you're always kind of picking and choosing which aspects can can make up for the 
the lack of experience there with with the which might be creating an organization and really like reshaping uh, how they're thinking about things. Um, I, I guess yeah, we're all cautiously optimistic here, and uh, and and you know I, I think that um, hopefully um, Sherry will come on the podcast. I think in October when she starts, um, it sounds like she's interested in doing that, and so it'd be great to to talk to her about that because I, I think getting to really specifics of like um, of, of some of the big problems that we've seen in, in the club over the years. And some of them are sporting things that she has no purview, right? Like that's not that when some of them are really that community stuff, really, we want a club that really reflects what I think that we, we view a club of, of being part of a community. So let's move on. Let's talk about these games. Uh, we've got LA Galaxy uh, 1-0. This is a, a home game. And then we we went away on Tuesday late night, um, loons after dark, 1-1. We're not going to go super in-depth on these games because I've got a few like larger questions. It's, um, you know, not it's past the midway point in the season. And I, I, I want to think about some a, a few larger things. But this Galaxy game, I'm glad that it's like four days away um but boy oh boy um that was one of the worst uh performances i've seen from from minnesota right or yeah. or i I, mean, I guess it wasn't the worst performance in but it was maybe like um just a disappointing result um they they had so many chances 21 shots six on target and uh klinsman um johnny boy klinsman was was amazing and so do we do we chalk it up to you know you're unlucky on the day or it felt pretty terrible afterwards i mean it felt bad but it's 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 our finishing it's 21 shots six of them on target that means a lot of them were bad um i'm fine with just ripping shots at at goal that's fine we we just haven't been able to finish our chances. Part of that is that the keeper, Klinsman, was killing it. And he was on fire and nothing could get past him. But for the amount of chances that we had, number of looks that we had on goal, it's like you felt like we should have at least tied it up. You know, it should have at least been a draw. Um, it didn't feel undeserved necessarily, but, um, you know, it was just it was just – it was a loss that was like, okay, well, it could have gone either way. We could have come back and did a little, did a little something, but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't feel like it's a, I don't feel particularly burned by it. Like I thought LA deserved it, but you know, it was a loss know, that felt weird. like a loss. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you got to look at it. I mean, if there was an opportunity for us to take points away from LA Galaxy, it was this game, right? I mean, no Chicharito, no Sebastian Legat. I mean, you know, you literally, like, if this was your best roster you're going to play against and this is what you were wanting to do, and it's just, it was just an overall team loss, I think. I don't think anyone really was, was great. I think for some reason everyone was just playing whatever they wanted to play and there was no organization whatsoever into a lot of what we were doing. Yeah, and the thing is, it felt like the Seattle match, it felt similar to Seattle match only with an opposite result where like the you have a team coming in who doesn't have their full roster ready to go 
And it's an opportunity for you to get some points against the top teams in the conference. And when you kind of squander that opportunity, and speaking of that, we'll get into San Jose as well. Like, it's very, very frustrating just because with the poor start that we had, we can't squander those opportunities. And we did. Like, we, I mean, the last, in the last four days, oh, we've dropped five points. Like, you can't do that with a start that you had and expect to, like, somehow, like, you know, get – uh, you know, back in the position to where you're going to be hosting uh, playoff matches here because we're we're far from that right now. Just after this week, so yeah, this, the whole the whole week's just been disappointing. Yeah, I mean, and people can blame the defense, or yeah, I think everyone was at fault. I think that whole counter, we knew that they were going to counter. That's how they're going to do. That's how they're going to try to get us. Is counter. We just for some reason all our midfield was pushed up, and there was a big gap between. Whoever was our last midfielder and 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 our center backs and Let's, you can't leave that much space. So. Let me make a few points about this LA game. We had um, Hassani Dotson starting on the left. We had a lot of players out: um, Nico Hansen, Robin Lud, um, thirty other players who I'm I'm blanking on right now. Uh, and so you had Hassani playing on the left. Eventually, Justin McMaster came into the game, and I thought looked superb. He was hungry. Um, He's a player who needs a lot of time, but like I just don't understand why we haven't seen him playing for 15 minutes at the ends of games because what he does is he runs at people, he tracks back, he um, tries great things, but he moves down the wing. I just don't... Uh, he's dangerous. Um, he completed all of his passes, created a, sh- a, a fantastic shot with a great cross that went right across the... the um, the entire box and and yeah i in the san jose game he wasn't as as effective but um i i don't understand why we haven't seen him more and it's very frustrating because you, you see guys like that and it's like oh well at the end at the end of these games they finally start deciding to show up and and it needs to happen there needs to be urgency before then um i want to also point to Go to the the San Jose game here because I I do want to hit these kind of larger discussion questions. San Jose, um, we gave up a goal to an own goal. Um, Debassi kind of a, a spectacular finish on his part um, with a back heel, and um, that that largely came from DJ Taylor was last minute put in as a left back for Chase Gasper, who um, he he was out because of COVID protocol. I assume that he and Dane St. Clair hosted a bareback orgy um, this this weekend, and you know, just sometimes you just gotta like you've got conflicts. So Jacory Hayes was also part of a the health protocol, and my gut is that Dane and Chase participated, but Jacory was hosting and just kind of facilitating. Jacory oh. Jacory paid for the. For for the room rental, and then invited, he did the Benedetti in the sense. Um, yeah, uh, he, he he got the monogrammed robes for everyone. <laughs> Matching, it's, it's well, Jacory has a real sense for the details and and what really makes an environment. Um, so you know, um, DJ Taylor got skinned twice um, by Espinosa on the on on the right, or on uh, I guess on DJ Taylor's left. And the first time uh, Debassi deflected it so that it went away from the goal, it would have been a goal. And the second time he put it in for an own goal. Thing is, um, DJ Taylor looked like a fish out of water. Um, too many times we've tried to use uh, players like that out of position 
when we do have Yuka Raitala, who just came back from the Euros, and, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk about the roster problems. But uh, then we come back when Nathan gets a, a red card uh, with a studs-up challenge on Debasi. Will Trapp gets a spectacular goal. Um, I thought Unu had a really good first half here until um, someone forgot to wind his uh, wind him up at halftime, and so he runs out of energy. And uh, and then second half, Minnesota United did nothing. It was like that Simpsons uh, gif, you know, where where they just kick the ball back and forth in defense. It was it was just a terrible um, second half, uh, way more deflating than the LA game, uh, I I think, but. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. At least the LA game, like they showed heart. Like they, they were pressing very hard for that equalizer in the, the end of the match. And again, like the LA game, like Klinsman just is a great goaltender and did fantastic and saved at all of our. At least he was that night. At least. at least he was that night. Yeah, he was. He was great that evening. Uh but yeah, like this. Oh god, the second half against San Jose was just some of the worst soccer I've seen Minnesota play. Like it was. Bad, like I, there were p- large portions of the of the second half where I couldn't tell that we were the ones that had the man advantage. Like it was just boring, terrible. I, like I don't know, and I and I'm curious if and I, again I didn't watch the post game uh, uh, interviews or the press conference with Adrian Heath. I'm curious, like was it tactical in that he was trying to like you know, be conservative with their approach, thinking that the goal would come. And he asked players to let off the gas a little bit. Or was it, uh, you know, just the players playing really bad? Like, I, I, I don't know. But whatever it was, it was awful and just terrible to watch. Well, the, the thing that, you know, I was particularly critical of, you know, two matches in three days or whatever it was, um, you know, just not rotating people. But part of the reality, and I, and I will rightfully backtrack on on some of this, is that the bench was really slim due to injuries and COVID protocols. I think if you had Ja'Cory Hayes, I think Ja'Cory Hayes may have started. Um, <clears throat> if Chase was there, I think obviously he would have started. He wasn't injured. So I think it was going into it, when we talk about rotation, we talk about getting fresh legs there weren't that many, even when you looked at the bench, it was Justin McMaster came in and you had Tim Weah and you had not Tim Weah, um, Patrick Weah and. Wish and we then, had Tim Weah. Oh my God. And then, uh, and then Agadello. So it's like, it's not like things would have changed up that much. I would have loved to see some of them start, but you know, it's just like, but it's the thing where you know, Wes, you hinted at this, which is like, we don't get to see these guys play until they absolutely have to. And then we're throwing them into situations where they're not set up, set up to succeed because they don't have the in the end game experience. And even, even coming in as sub as a sub in their second or third best position, they're not getting regular match minutes. And so to expect them to make those split second decisions and have that chemistry with the other players, we don't give them rotations. Yeah. The, anyway, the 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 DJ Taylor over Retala decision to me was the only thing that I would have changed in that game. Sure. Um, 
You're right. We didn't have a lot to choose from, and as but much we still had options. I mean, I mean, you I mean if you look at you, you look at look at what uh, Almeida did at the 55th minute, he took it. He took us Salinas and Espinosa and bowed in Cade and Marie and totally changed the uh, the the dynamic of that game at that moment. So like, who? I like, mean, who would you have brought in then? Like, who would you? I mean, I think McBath. I mean, Unu Unu got taken out literally at the 80th minute. So you're gonna give Agudelo 10 minutes. To be able to to become the hero for sure, and he had a he had he had a couple he had a couple of good opportunities. He had a shot on goal. I, I, we we've known that around the 60th minute is usually when a new kind of just drops off. You bring in Agudelo, right? Ethan Finley's been playing his heart out, but he's not getting the ball. He's he's not getting the ball. So then um, throw in Wea, right? Throw in when you when you're tied one one and you want to be able to press the other team. Throw in some young feet. Throw in some young players that have legs. I mean, Wea might be as raw as talent as you can get, but that that is the, that is a much better option than just trying to trying to play it safe in some sort of way. Okay, so here's one of what I want to go to. I, I want to go to to this discussion and outside of these games and larger look at the season because I think we can look at the season so far and say that if you compare it to last season, we've reverted back to the mean. It definitely, I don't know if we've taken a step back or, it, or I think last year we just overachieved a little bit um, and got some lucky results. And now we've kind of, we're at our level, which is, you know, currently, uh, depending on how, um, let's see, now we are in sixth. I know Salt Lake are playing as we record this. Um, but we're in this kind of thing um, where, Real Salt Lake have 27 points currently on the live standings, and below us in ninth are San Jose at 23, and we are at 27 as well. Somewhere in there, right? And we're not a top-four team. Um, what's crazy is Colorado are a top-four team. But we're not up there with Seattle, Sporting, uh, LA Galaxy, um, LAFC, and we... We kind of were last year, and and I think that we're looking at the the existing reality of this team, and I think that our problems this season, the problems before, etc., are due to us having absolutely obvious to everyone to to Bruce McGuire's mom. She will tweet about these, or ta- not tweet, tell tell Bruce about these. They're obvious to to everyone. And they're not fixed. Um, I think we've done a good job individually with picking up some players. You know, obviously, Reynoso was a great player. We've had lots of good success on some of these individual things. But the roster has never been complete where we have depth that we are actually using. And that's a problem, right? We had we had big problems coming into this offseason. At left back, we knew that Chase Gasper last year was either had hit his ceiling or needed some more backup. So we brought in Raitala. Raitala is apparently not an actual option that we can use when we desperately need him when Chase Casper's out. So that's a big failure. Striker is obvious um, where we had to ditch one of the people that we brought in and the other person has scored two goals and hasn't registered a shot on target since, or no, yeah, hasn't registered a shot on target since July 8th against Colorado. Um, we did successfully address the Aussie problem, right? We knew Aussie was aging out. Will Trapp has been a great signing. 
Um, we didn't address uh, the center back depth problem. Thankfully, Brent has been pretty decent so far. And we did partially address our wing problem, although they've all been injured. So I don't know what the deal with that is. So I'm, I'm laying out those things. But we have a, a distinct problem with our roster creation where this has been a problem every year where we're bringing in these players and they're completely apparently unusable and we can't develop them. And it's, it's really frustrating. We're like, we talked about the Justin McMaster thing, but um, yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's, it's like we're playing roster depth whack-a-mole every single year mm-hmm. where it's, we get stability in one area and something that was strong or had depth or was reliable all of a sudden isn't. And there's always going to be a certain level to that. Because Adrian Heath wants to get enough tickets so that he can win the Big Bear and bring it home to Dr. Bill. I think we have a lot of flexibility with basically everyone in our midfield and forward other than striker. And then, you know, um, I think we have a lot of flexibility for formations and all of that with our wingers, with Robin Lode and Fragapane and Ethan Finley. And, you know, you could even talk about Hassani Dotson in there, all of that. But we, we're, they're all just injured. They all just got injured. And whether that's fixture congestion or competition congestion, fine, whatever. That's going to happen no matter what. Um, but, man, I just, I don't know why we can't see this stuff and address it in the off season or or bring identify these players earlier and bring them in for a full preseason like i just i don't understand the tactics or the strategy around some of these transfers and player acquisitions it's almost like you they're aiming for marquee players and then just plugging in the holes it's like it's like a shitty alt rock 90s band where it's like you got a couple of singles and then the rest of it is like, it's like, we're just dishwalla. Like that's basically what we are. We're just, <laughs> I don't, I do not understand this metaphor. And it's also amazing. <laughs> at the same time. Oh, wow. We have no, so it, many filler tracks is what I'm getting at. Oh, that's good. Okay. Now I'm, I've understood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, let, let, like, let me explain the joke <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and the metaphor I'm after we've already left. Yep. That's right. Sorry. I'm just talking out my ass. No, it, it feels like, um, you know, we were like, as we were waiting for um, Unu and Fragapani to come in and be part of the team, we were told, like, we just need to wait. Be patient. We're going to have this lineup come in. And it feels like that we have a vision for what our starting 11 will be. And we have very little vision about how we're going to fill it in when the starting 11 doesn't work out the best way. Because the whole time we're like, yeah, Fragapani is coming. We're going to have someone at left. It'll be great. We're still playing Dotson on the left wing and it's August. Like we don't have a plan there. And like, I, I realized that, you know, injuries happen and all that, but it's just, well, it's just so frustrating to like see, like, I mean, can we, for what? I mean, the Dotson experiment, can we please stop playing him at left wing? Like Wea, McMaster, anybody, just somebody else besides him. But um, literally just, it's just kind of frustrating. Like it feels like there's not, a backup plan. And if there is a backup plan and that one goes wrong, there's just, I don't know. And there's not the cohesion. Like, I don't know if it's just the lack of minutes and playing with each other, but it just isn't there when you need someone to fill in. I think we we've talked before on this podcast about how the depth chart for the, for Adrian Heath does not go 
positionally. It goes, here are the players I think are the best. And then I'm going to substitute according to, well, the 12th best player, I need to sub them in. And so when you have a, a, a gap in uh, at left wing, well, Hassani's the best player, the next best player. So let's put him in, into this out of position, right? right. He, same thing with DJ Taylor. Well, even though DJ Taylor is not a left, a left fullback, it, it's just who do I prefer right now to, to go into this rather than a player who Justin McMaster, like, is not ready for the big time, right? He's not ready to be the starting left wing player for a top four team. However, you have a gap there. He plays his position. Put him in there. That That's the frustrating part where it's like, he's right. not in there because you don't think he's ready. Well, he's not going to ever be ready. And the problem is then he'll go to another team. Next year, he'll be at Reno 911, even though they don't exist anymore, or something else. And, and, and you're not... You're not developing that depth. You're just simply going to the same players and putting them in and putting them in the wrong position. Right. And then at the and by and by doing that, you also injure some of your some of your better players. Like like for example, Greg, which ended up having to come out for a hammy, right? Because why? Because he doesn't get play a lot of playing time, right? There's no yep. there's no right we're trying to fit a, a you know like a square into into a, into a peg hole right like that's not it's not working right would you, Dotson playing with with Will Trap has been the best combination if that's what works and it leaves you a gap on the left then play the kids like mm-hmm. play somebody like you guys saying play someone try it out right Nico Hansen's hurt fine like Masters should get a chance right same thing as forward we know knew can only Play sixty minutes tops at this time, right? Agudelo has shown that he should be the second, but when you're in a situation where you need instant offense, and you need speed, and you need to do push, and you need someone to push, then maybe Agudelo isn't the best choice at that moment. You have to be able to think of scenarios when you are coming into a game, like when you are up. No, when when you when you are playing a man up with like 60 minutes plus, and you have a halftime to strategize, to figure out what is it that you're going to do, you should not let the other coach outcoach you in that thing. And that's what happened. Almeida made some really good substitutions and took up took up on it took 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 time and had the players waste time or control the game more than we could. And all we could do was just try to get the ball in a quick founder. I think for me, these three out of the last four games, the person has been the best and disagree or not has been, has been Will Trap. Mm-hmm. He's had, not only has he had an, two assists and then, and then a goal, but he's also really starting to command that, that, that back, that back midfield that we need. Right. Yeah. And, and he's one I'm of glad. the one of the best players in the league for passes per ninety into the final third. Yeah. So I, I think that it's... I think that someone um, <clears throat> asked me uh, when we were watching the game uh, at the bar last night um, who the best player of the season has been, and it, it's got to be Will Trap. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, that it's like it's like Will Trap with a Tyler Miller right behind him. Just yeah, in terms and, of the and I guess of... that that also is taking uh, Reynoso for granted as well. But like may, maybe the maybe the biggest surprise has been Will Trap. But um, but yeah. 
Will Trapp has been amazing, uh, especially these last few games. I agree, Rodrigo. I think he's come in, come in even more, and he's commanding. And he's been what I kind of was was hoping. I, I was very excited about Will Trapp, and uh, yep, I'm glad so was that I. I'm a genius. Look, the 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 thing that the thing that's frustrating for me is was it just last week? Uh, I think Andy Greater Greeter was had a Heath quote where he said that he was talking to. Uh, Wea and who's the other new signing or, or um, oh. Ezekiel um, Ezekiel Barzia, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, yeah, yeah. Ezekiel he's talking to him and basically saying yeah sorry um, you know keep training as hard as you can like it's a match and you'll get your shot like keep pushing keep pushing and when these opportunities come up where there's a necessity and it's also an opportunity these kids don't get their chance mm-hmm. He, he has this philosophy of you have to take your chance when it comes, yet he chooses to go for his preferred players who have nothing in the tank or who are so fatigued. And instead of bringing their, expert, their, their experience on as a sub and throwing in the kids, he just drains these players. Well, and, and he also only uses those kids, kids like uh, Patrick Wea. Um, as punishment for the first eleven, right? You're not playing well, so I'm going to toss this guy in in this impossible right. situation. And and that and so. that's and that's the thing with with, with Yuka is you know when he was subbing in for Metinair when he was uh, still in France or wherever, and he had a horrible first half, and then got yanked at halftime. We haven't heard a peep from him, and it's like you get your chance, and if you fail because you're being played out of position or you're not giving regular chances or, or wrote or rotated in you're done in terms of heat. Like Yuka's not coming back next season. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and he's I, like coming back ever. I definitely would rather see DJ Taylor play than Yuka Raitala, but like not at left back. Right. Like I yeah. think, I think DJ has done decently when he's come in. That is a tough ask for him. He got definitely exposed and beaten, and he did recover and have an okay game this game. I don't, I don't think he had a terrible game, but it was very like eye opening. Like, oh crap, they're going to run, run over him. But it's I, like those early well, season yips that 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 Chase and Coleman had that led right. to some of those goals because they just haven't been playing. Plus, it's also Espinosa. Yeah, we're crying out loud. Right. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's not. like that's like sending a barrio. 2.0 at, at, yeah. at, at, at Chase. I, 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 if Chase would have been playing, I think Espinosa would have probably owned them more. Let, let's move on to this this other question, which is our, our failure to score. We can talk about Unu, any other player, but if we as a team are not shooting on target, then we need to talk about kind of the overall tactics. Um, I don't know if I can come up with exactly what isn't working, but I, I, I actually wrote this and was thinking about this and talking to you guys in Slack about setting this up. And I had a, a theory, which is that we aren't creating enough good chances and that putting the blame on the finishing doesn't work. But then I started to actually dig through the facts and I, I think I'm wrong. I think, I think that that is wrong, it, which is that Minnesota's uh, time expected uh, goals so far this season is third in the league with uh 32.53. We have uh, 22 goals. Um, our, we are taking shots. They are not going in. Um, that is a problem. And, and usually expected goals, what that can do is point us to 
are we creating good chances? We are create, or we're creating chances at least. Um, Minnesota has uh, the fourth fewest subs in the league. Uh, is the fourth oldest team. Um, we have the fifth most touches in the boss box. We have we are number one in key passes, which are um, a final shot that lead or final pass that leads to a shot. We're number two in passes into the final third. Number one for accuracy of passes into the final third. And the three players most responsible for moving the ball into the final third, into these key passes, et cetera, Reynoso, Trap, Metnier. Um, and they're and they're good at doing it. Uh, so having said, rattle off those facts, to me what that indicates is we are not, you know, the, the, the front three attackers, because I don't think Reynoso is set up to be the goal scorer, though, but that it is Ethan, um, I mean, Robin Lude's been great, so I, I don't think we can <laughs> do that. But o- only Robin Lude is showing up, right? Ethan, Fragapane, the ro- rotating cast of crew, Unu, Agadello, everyone in there are not doing their jobs, which is scoring goals that um, when they get the ball from Dotson, Trap, Metonier, etc. I mean, Fragapane was passing the eye test for me earlier on when he was combining with Reynoso. And I think Unu was getting better chances. Like, like I, I'm not looking at the stats, so like, I don't know if this is legit. You're just legit watching or not. the games. You're not looking at the stats. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just watching the games, and it's, it's feeling better when he was in there. But obviously, he got injured, and that's a thing. Part of the reason that Fragapane was brought in is to kind of fill in that replacement. You know, that fill in that gap of of creativity outlets for Reynoso. And a partnership there that Kevin Molino had, which is one of the reasons that we were so good down the stretch last year. Um, and I think Robin Lud benefited from that. And I think you're starting to see that. But then we haven't had that front four, that front three in front of Reynoso for more than a few matches this season or a few minutes. Right. And it's that's part of it. The other thing, and, and I was looking at the stat, when we had that LA Galaxy game where we had 21 shots, only six were on target. So fine, like I said earlier, I'm fine if you're just ripping shots. See the goal, try to shoot. Um, half of those goal, of those shots on target, three of them came from defenders on set pieces. Right. So two were Debassi, one was Kalman. And so that's one that's telling me something about our set pieces that that could be an opportunity for us to get better. But... The other one would think was like Grey Goose from the right of goal and then Reynoso from, I think, outside the box. Like, we are taking too many touches. This is the thing that, that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. We are taking too many touches inside of the box to try to create that perfect, pretty goal instead of one, two touch, one timing the, the, the shots. We are, it, it, things are getting con- so congested that people aren't just, being, they don't look confident when they're in the box, I guess is where I'm, where I'm getting at. Hassani Dotson has had some great chances, but he takes an extra touch and tries to lay it off. Shoot the ball. You know, it, it looks like we are just not confident in the box, and that's, that's part of it when I'm watching these matches. Other thing, too, is that, um, like, this is what our identity has been the past two or three seasons, right? The goals don't come from our forwards. They come from my midfield. 
And the way that we're set up this way has not changed at all, right? Um, I think also the forwards that we have, we, 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 in this league, the Raul Ruiz Diaz's, the Ebobisis, the 1.2 to one to two million dollar forward are the ones that create their own shots. They create their own opportunities. They're able to making take those shots at any time at any will. There's that fierce, fierceness of just ripping one just for the sake of it, and and trying to do that. We we have not found that yet. I think, and I I I, I and and with race playing style and the commitment, you need. There needs to be that cohesiveness like, of understanding. Like, if we look at the San Jose game and where, which was probably Unu's best game that I've seen so far as in moving and moving and moving, he is always asking for someone to pass him the ball so he can split the defenders. If you watch him, he's always asking for the ball. He's looking for a ball that will split the midfield and split the defense so he can make a run to it. And the only time he's ever gotten that ball in that game was when Reynoso fed that through him and he split two of them. Sure, he was offsides, right? Mm-hmm. But he was, that was a beautiful yeah. goal. That was a beautiful finish. So that guy oh, and, and the lead up to it, like it started with Greg bicycle Goose. kick. Bicycle kick just outside of our own 18 that like Ray brought down like out of the air with a one touch. So it's like Marce- it was like a Marcelo touch. Yeah, and then turned and beat three defenders cut through and then just put that pass through like it, I, I wish it was that half step was not a half step because it was a beautiful goal right but, no, yeah. that's the thing but the thing is is that we don't do that we don't look to um work with the strong um features that are uh, that our strikers have like Anu will run into space Anu one step ball so you can split the defense so you can go ahead and, and take those shots and when when he does, he he becomes more dangerous. We we've talked about creating scoring opportunities or good chances. For me, there's a difference between creating a good chance and a dangerous mm-hmm. one. And I think that's 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 the difference that we can create all the good chances we want. If the good chances means we're we're crossing the balls in from from each side of the side, that's great. You know, those are good chances. But the ones that penetrate and actually make the defense move in a sort of sense are the ones that that to me are the most dangerous ones, are the ones that are the ones that should really count, right? And I think that's that's one of the things. We're, we're, we're looking to create offense, but not do it directly in a sense, right? We're trying to circle around, which is great, but as long as you're doing it with an urgency. One of the reasons that I, that I, I feel Dotson sometimes is a little bit better in that is because he's always looking to move the ball forward whenever he can. Uh, sometimes he's successful, sometimes he's not. But if you if you lay the ball off to him, Reynoso can can have more space to create, and I just don't feel that that's that connection is there yet. I, I think there, there's a couple things that that when I'm evaluating this, I'm I'm putting it back to the coaching staff. Um, we on this podcast don't we try to kind of make observations and not uh, not and kind of say, look, here's the thing that we're seeing. Here's maybe some explanations. We are not uh, tactical geniuses, although I obviously am. Speak um, for yourself. But uh, so, but like uh, I, I think, think what, what do you have a Peabody? Is, I don't think you do. <laughs> it's true. I don't. I do have a, a, a Jackass of the Year award from the Dark Cloud, so that that does give me something. That's all you need. So um, I think there's two things I look at this team that need to be massively improved. We need to fix the the overall tactics. Right. We are not creating. Um, we are not finishing these chances. We are maybe not creating these killer chances. I also think 
we are not creating a killer mentality with the team, which is that that kind of we've joked about that. I know Hernan Lozada has not been extremely successful so far in DC United, but he had that vamos Palmas uh, thing where when they won like six or seven to one. Um, we we don't have this idea of like we are going to put like our foot on your neck and destroy San Jose. We came out in that second half and we were absolutely lifeless. I think everyone at the end of that game should have looked at themselves and said, we let everyone down because after that, after the, the red card happened, they immediately scored that goal and they looked like they could take this. And now we're going to see some goals. And then they, they came out um, a little bit later and it was like, Oh, okay, we're going to pass the ball. We're going to try to try to, um, you know, work it through and, and just didn't create anything that was killer. And one thing that felt that feels very different this year, and I don't know if it's because teams are playing us differently, is that we were really, really strong on the counter last year. Like we were able to take on pressure and then relieve that pressure and attack off of it. And I don't know if it's because teams are not like, you know, are more so just allowing us to like dictate the play more and then come in. But like, We've lost that, like, like you said, the, the energy on that counterattack. There's something about like springing loose and going out on the counter and getting a goal, and that felt like what we were like most successful at last year. And it's just not there this year. And the whole, you know, buildup of play and working it in and like basically like trying to make a pretty, pretty goal has not worked for us. Like we're not that team, and it feels like we're just trying desperately to be that team. And it's just something that we're not. I think it's because you have the best player on the team is Reynoso. He's not he's not a killer striker. He he cannot score goals. Um, it's just not his thing. Okay. That's that's we've got a he's a great passer of the ball. Um but who is the killer there? Like who is the one who's just like, I want to put this ball in the back of the net? You know, I hate Joseph Martinez, but that dude is a killer. And, yeah. you know, I know that we don't have Joseph Martinez, but there's other killers out there who just well, it, want to, to put the ball in the back of the net and they will will it there. Last season, that mentality was Kevin Molino and down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He was our killer last season. Every time he got the ball, he scored. It was, or, or you know, at least part of the reason that we scored. Um, Robin Lud is not that, but he is putting himself in the right positions to make to get those chances i'm hoping and i was hoping that fragapane was going to be that killer he's nimble he's fast he will run at goal but he got injured so it's like it's just i i think part of it is this roster building this the, these tactics that we're talking about and and part of it is also circumstance and but the 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 thing that i think we're all in agreement on is how does that coaching staff react to these circumstances? And we see them constantly, constantly, year over year over year, trying to shoehorn these players into a system or, uh, you know, or formation or tactics that don't work for that lineup. And it seems like we just have a very hard time to adapt. Okay. Let's, um, I, I think we've, we've kind of killed this a bit for now. I want to say that the next match coming up is Saturday, um, 2.30. It's going to be like a kind of chilly day. Not not chilly, but like beautiful 70s day. Might rain in the morning. It's going to be wonderful. Dewy. It's going to um, be dewy. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm actually bringing. I've, I haven't brought the kids in two years, so we're we're hopefully gonna have the the family there. Right, um, and you're gonna have the best seats to to do that in. Yeah, we're using uh, the the Sanchez-Javaria seats. Um, we're against our Heineken Heineken rivalry week uh, against uh, Sporting Kansas City. Um, Sporting Kansas City's in first place, right? Are they? Yep. Okay. They're yep. still still. They are. They are still in yeah. first, according to the. Um, they drew, bot mob. They nope. They are in. They are in second right now. Yeah, Sorry, Seattle. 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 They Seattle drew won. last minute to um, uh, Portland. Um, <laughs> look, yes, Golden Boot Watch. They're um, they're way better uh, than us, and so I, I think that this. But the fact is, we've been better than them at home. We are a good team. If we can get these players back, there's no reason we shouldn't win this game. Um, I think that we should expect our team to finish like fifth now is probably the reasonable thing. Um, But, you know, there's also no reason we can't catch up to Colorado. So um, anyway, that's this weekend. Let's take a break. We've got a few questions. finish off the 55-1 podcast. Just a few quick questions that we're going to go through. MJ uh, asks, what is the over-under for how many more Minnesota United players missed game time due to injury or health protocols? Um, Boxall, Lude, Hansen, Fragapane can potentially add to their total after returning play. Um, it's a lot. We've had a lot of injuries, and I don't know how to explain it because, um, you know, there's lots of different reasons guys are, are getting injuries, but um, I think that the whole team should look at it and figure out, is there something going on with the team or are these just kind of separate incidents? It, well, we need, what we need to do is I need to talk to my mother-in-law. She's got this, she's got this weed cream that she rubs oh. on her like arms and legs. Wheat or and weed? For, weed, weed, oh. weed. And so like, it's, it's not CBD oil and all that stuff, it's just like this cream that she buys in some other Mexican store she's in or she, and so she, she, so like we need to talk to her. They can come up with a contract with her. She can provide that stuff and then just stop, especially rubbing it through in, in training because apparently all the injuries happen in training. So, all right, we need some uh, some Chavarria weed cream. Um, <laughs> Andy Call says, "Forget who's out there and what it's no- what." What like normally makes sense? Take this team and Heath's incoherent expectation strategy and design the perfect team per player up front. What's the most Heath number nine look like? We we, we just said it when we were reviewing these questions. It's it's Luisa Maria. Yeah, yeah. It's the hair to Mark McGrath. I I can't. I, I I again. We don't know what the financials were. Maybe it was just like this is too much. I don't know why we didn't bring him back. Um. Unless it was crazy financials, and maybe I just really actually just need to directly ask Doctor Bill that, because he is he looked so good before the injury, and then he came back and he, he looked like he was you know needed needed time to come back. Bring him back for a six month loan. I I don't know. Bring him back for a bit and yeah. It's, it's I would, he was he was by far one of the most exciting signings. And exciting players to watch in those first few matches before lockdown last right. year. 
I mean, when we were in the in the uh, what was it, the COVID bowl or the COVID bubble, right? Yeah. I mean, even injured, he scored, right? And it was it, it, in like, and he scored in every other league he's playing right now. I mean, he's he's, he's scoring. I, I I think the fact that he he can make create his own shot, like we've seen him do, is something that and the striker we need. Like like we need someone who can just take the ball. Uh, and, and do that, but apparently we just can't seem to find that type of person, or we don't have the money to to pay someone that kind of money yet. So, but I think Unu is promising, but right now promising is not finishing goals. So. Unu is definitely he feels like more of a finesse style player, whereas Amaria was it was a little bit of a hold up player, also created his own chances combined really well wanted to combine and wanted to do it fast he wanted he was super super fast not just in his runs but also just his in-game decisions to make combination plays and when to take shots his decision making was super super fast it's a small data set that we've seen but he was just so fast and aggressive and was just willing to run at the defense but then also be that kind of selfless combination uh player i forgot to mention that in a picture that tomas Cohen had of his 21st birthday the cake is a fortnite cake and then um no wait 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 it's a fortnite no, no, cake, keep going right? yeah yeah keep going this is doing it for me and then you look and you look at the comments luisa maria comments and just says go get your fortnite and then with a bunch of laughing emojis so tomas chacon is definitely a redditor do you think tomas chacon buys dogecoin Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, more than like he's, I, he's definitely like an Ethereum kind of dude. I, I, I mean, he might just be getting paid in Dogecoin. I, <laughs> I asked. Looks like um, his hair. <laughs> I asked uh, for uh, questions, comments, and cheat codes. Paul Choudoir, um who I met at the at the Blackheart last night. Um, thanks, Paul, for for saying hi. So I I could put a face that to the name. Um, did anyone actually know the pattern to get any of the cheat codes in NFL Blitz, or was everyone guessing? I've never played NFL get Blitz, so I I did. I I couldn't get the pattern down. Okay. So, all right. But if you want Konami, I, I got you. I think it was actually just the opening drum uh, groove to Rush's YYZ or YYZ if you're in Canada. Uh, Bill McGuire says playing the arcade version of NBA Jam in 1993 with the big heads. When you get the screen that says tonight's matchup, hold the joystick up and press and hold Turbo Pass. It's funny as hell. And he said, I used to know how to play as Jesus, but I forgot the cheat. Um, that was oh man, that game is so much fun. You really nailed that. Yeah, you know, there's a new uh, there's a arcade that opened up in Roseville that it's all throwback. Like '90s, '80s arcade games. Is it called like, Elder Millennial? I don't know what it's called. My brother went to it last week, and he hasn't yet given me the full report. But I he looked at left. all like <laughs> he went there last week. He's he's not. <laughs> returned, he has a comeback. So. He go okay. in the Elder he's Millennial. Work, wheel he's working from home. He's working from home at the, yeah. at the at, at the place. But like I saw the list of games, and I was like, I I literally it's my like like my upbringing. And like for like, I think twenty bucks, you get two hours, and you can play any oh. game as much as there you want. There was a good X Men I... arcade game. They have that one. Oh, okay, all right. Well, then let's find the time. We'll do it. We'll do a, a special fifty-five-one uh, arcade time. Uh, DM us or join the Slack, and uh, and we'll do a special arcade game time. 
All right, this has been the 55-1 podcast. Uh, we're going to call it quits. Cut us off. You're sexy, you're beautiful, and everyone loves you. Thanks.